and welcome to another episode of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Total Nonstop Kirk, across from me right now. Ravishing Randy, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the show. We're going to be without uh, Rampage Ramsey for this weekend. He's uh, doing his, helping out, really is what he's doing. He's working on a remod, and uh, he couldn't make it his... Yeah, helping out his family. It's, it's kind of sad because with the, the theme of today's show, he would have had a lot of cool shit to contribute. Oh my god, he He's a former college football player, you know, played yeah. a lot through high school and everything like that too. Like, his uh, knowledge and input in this week's topic would have been gold, but... Uh, we could probably touch up on it next week after the Super Bowl, but all things considered, today's episode is going to be, you know... Uh, wrestlers who play football and 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 footballers who dabbled in wrestling. <laughs> so so no, I mean it's a perfect time to maybe touch on this with the Super Bowl being this weekend, and you know it's just kind of like a hot button, lighthearted topic. You know, like uh, just current, keeping it fresh. And uh, no, I mean surprisingly, when we were doing kind of the research and putting everything together for the show, I didn't realize like how many names like current wrestlers like really you know. Played a lot of college ball. Like, you know, they made the transition from football or wrestling quite well. Yeah. Um, you know, like, a lot of these guys maybe realized there wasn't, you know, professional aspirations. Like, they weren't going to make their money in the big leagues. But they are like, fuck it, I'm athletic. Might as well transition that over to, to wrestling, you know. Yeah, because a lot of guys had a college pedigree. Mm-hmm. And when doing the research that we did this week, there were a handful of names that really did surprise me that I didn't really know had a college background. Or play college football at least, or maybe even made a practice team for the NFL or USFL. This goes back away, so you know we can get into it. And now, I mean, when we were when we were like trying to figure out maybe how we should structure the show and how we should go about it. It was like, okay, we can definitely like put some of these guys in two distinct categories. Like you have category one, which is what we'll lead the show with, which you know these are guys that played football but they're more known for their career in wrestling yeah. than they are in the world of football. Then on the other side of the coin, you have um, guys that are known for their f- football career, whether it's you know in the pros or whatever, but they're more known for their contributions to football than they are to the wrestling world. But whether they had years of success in the wrestling industry or they had one-off appearances... Again, when you say that name, you know them more for their football career than you do their wrestling career. Um, and then you have like a very small handful of guys that really dabbled in both worlds quite successfully. Yeah, there's a couple, and it's surprising. So we didn't really know what to do with those. So we kind of broke it up into two categories. Um, I'll let you take... Which, which direction you want to go into? Well, no, well, I mean, like I said, we'll kind of start because, I mean, this is a wrestling podcast. We will start with the guys that are more known for their wrestling career than their pro football career. And probably the biggest name that on that that's on that list is one Bill Goldberg. Okay. So, yeah, we're getting into Crown Jewel February 19th, and we're going to have uh, Bill Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Chamber. Oh, God. Uh, well, yes, yeah, it's in Saudi chamber. Arabia, so, <laughs> so confused. Thank Freudian you. slip. Thank you, yeah, yes. no, it's uh, Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. But we're going to have the match we should have had at WrestleMania um, 2020 before COVID. We're going to have Bill Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Bill Goldberg, we know, uh, University of Georgia, Georgia Bulldog, just won national title championship. They, um, But he was drafted, and he played uh, defensive line. He was a defensive tackle. Drafted by the Rams in late 1990, but ended up playing from 92 to 94 as a nose tackle for the Falcons. Um, Played in 14 games, got one start. Um, You know, he basically... um, uh, I mean, granted, he's most known for his time with the Falcons. He spent a brief bit of time with the Carolina Panthers as well, but uh, after an abdominal injury, he ended up having to retire from football and then got on board with WCW's power plant, started training as a wrestler, and, uh, you know, the trainers, Bill DeMott and a few of the other WCW trainers just got one good look at him and was like, dude, this guy's going to be a star, just, you know. Yeah, that general guy was like the main uh, drill sergeant for the um, WCW's training camp, you know, fell in love with the guy. You looked at him, he was just a fucking brick shithouse, and he was so damn athletic, man, in his prime. It was like, oh my God, this dude's so strong. 
uh, yeah, we all think of Bill Goldberg as a wrestler, but when he came around WCW, they kind of promoted him as his football player, mm-hmm. and it just it blended beautifully. So he's more, but we think of him more as a wrestler. Well, yeah, well, I mean, if you even go back and you think about that undefeated streak that he carried for so long, and granted, a lot of the numbers were overinflated. Oh, 100%. You yeah. know, he'd go from being like 18-0, and 0, you know, one week, and then five days later, all of a sudden, well, he's like 30-0. and 0, One of his like, signature moves, the spear. It's a simple football move. You just tackle the shit out of somebody, spear yeah. through him, so it does it beautifully. And talking about another spear, the guy that he's going to be fighting, you got a Georgia Bulldog and Bill Goldberg going up against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. Roman Reigns. Yeah, or so, Joe and uh, Joe and I. Joe and I. So yeah, or Anoy. Anoy, I know. I was good as well. I mean, now granted, he didn't really have um, any NFL success. Like, he didn't really play in the NFL at all. I mean, he's known for his well, college gonna... football career. He played in the Canadian Football League for one season or one notable season, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Um, played defensive tackle. Uh, played in five games with three starts, but you know didn't really take off. Uh, you know with football. Well, the fact that he like he played three seasons for Golden uh, Georgia Tech, and he was All ACC one year, mm-hmm. which is still an accolade in my yeah. opinion. No, I mean uh, kudos. But yeah, he went as an undrafted free agent, signed with the Minnesota Vikings, didn't pan out. Then he went over to Jacksonville Jaguars again, didn't pan out. And that's when he tried a shot at Canada, and then officially retired in 2010. Yeah, so I mean, you know, like I said, his best kind of professional quote unquote success was 2008. But yeah, he hung it up in 2010 to focus on wrestling. Um, I mean, but rich family lineage with the Anoy family. You know, uh, you got Rikishi, you got his cousins, um, the Usos. Um, you also look at, like, The Rock. I mean, the, doesn't get bigger as far as on the family tree than him. Uh, but then you also look at other um, members of that family, Yokozuna. Um, the Wild Samoans are kind of, like, distant. Or, or not distant, but, you know, you can go back to the Wild Samoans as well. So, no, just a, just a very rich history in the Anoy family. Um yeah, and, and the fact that we have this buildup for Elimination Chamber, you know, Georgia versus Georgia Tech, and, you know... It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of another, like, big name that, uh, granted, he had a lot of... Or he had a pretty good long career uh, in the, in pro football. Uh, played a good chunk of time with the AFL and then briefly in the NFL, Wahoo McDaniel. Um, granted, he's known much more for his wrestling career, but the dude played 105 games, 91 starts, racked up 13 interceptions as a linebacker, um, played for the Houston Oilers in 1960, uh, the Broncos from 61 to 63, uh, the Jets from 64 to 65, and then the Miami Dolphins from 66 to 68. Um, I mean, that is insane. Like, I, I knew he played football. I just didn't know his football career was that long. Mm-hmm. Major football career, let's put it that way, professional. Uh, yeah, that blew my mind. I mean, because you, you often think of him always as the wrestler. And you hear the tall tale stories of his athletic feats. And that kind of goes to show you, you hear, um, we're just looking at his football career. I mean, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you, you had uh, one of the... Well, I mean, Ric Flair was talking about how... He, uh, God, I wish I could get the, the amount of mileage. You know, they were they were in a dry county. Mm-hmm. And so I think the next county over was like God. I forget how many miles it was. Could have been ten more longer, just one way. And I think he was barefoot, and he walked the whole thing in that weather barefoot to go get beer <laughs> and walk back. Uh, Rick uh, Flair tells that story, and it cracks me up, man. I just I had to laugh, and I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. I don't think I could have done that barefoot, especially. That was one tough <laughs> bastard, and that's all goes to show you the times. So. Um. And then we got, uh, then like on our on our list, we got two big names that again more known for their wrestling career than you know the football career. But like Lex Luger or Larry Fole, um, you know he played uh, for a good long stretch in both the uh, CFL and the USFL. Um, played uh, offensive tackle throughout his football career. Yeah. Um, you know, started with the Montreal Alouettes uh, from 79 to 81, um, and then switching over to the USFL, uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits uh, as an offensive guard in 84, uh, the Memphis Showboats playing both guard and tackle from 84 to 85, uh, the Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Bulls uh, an offensive tackle in 1985, um, 
He played 14 games for the Alouettes, and basically, like, when it came to the USFL, we had a hard time kind of tracking down, like, how many games he actually played, how many starts he had, anything like that, but he did see significant playing time. Yeah, because he tried for the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. There's a picture of him in the uniform, but I don't think he'd ever started or played any time, so I think that was the end of his career. Well, like, in college, he started off uh, on a scholarship for football at uh, Penn State. Uh, but then he ended up transferring to the University of Miami after his freshman year when the Penn State coaches thought he should move to linebacker or defensive end. He was like, nah, man, I want to play offensive line. So, yeah. you know, he ends up transferring and playing in Miami. Um, and actually, you know, we bring up Lex Luger, and we know a lot of his big accolades. You know, he's a multi-time uh, WCW champion. Uh, we talked about him, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks in our Royal Rumble uh, episodes uh, and, like, his contributions, at least with the Rumble. Um, you know, just, like, multi-time champion. We know he's, like, one of the most successful uh, United States champions yes, in, I would put in him history. Yes, Absolutely. Um, on the flip side of that, you got Ron Simmons, uh, you know, Farouk, uh, that, you know, known for his college football career at Florida State, um, played in uh, the Canadian Football League and the USFL as well, actually was a one-time teammate of Lex Luger's um, for uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits. So That was actually a pretty fun side note, because I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Ron Simmons is definitely more known for his college football accolades, but he did play um, professionally, whether it be the USFL. Well, his football career, he's more known for his college football Correct, yes, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. But, I mean, dude, the first African-American champion in WCW and one of the first uh, African-American world heavyweight champions in In all wrestling, yeah. yeah so. You know, so, big deal there, big monumental landmark. Um he was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2008. Uh, he actually finished ninth in the Heisman voting in 1979. As a nose guard. Yeah. So that is, or, uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> he got drafted in 1981 to the Cleveland Browns, but didn't play in the NFL. Ended yeah, he ended up going to uh, USFL, the Tampa Bay Bandits. And he, like you said, played alongside uh, Lex Luger. So that's actually a pretty fun side note. Yeah, um, then you got Ernie Ladd, the big cat. Yeah, this one we all knew, but I didn't really know much about his football career, you know, because this was so long ago. Yeah, no, he um, played defensive tackle for the San Diego Chargers from uh, 1961 to 65, Uh, defensive tackle for the Houston Oilers from 66 to 67, Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs from 67 to 68, played in 112 games, 76 starts, registered 33 and a half sacks, but I mean... Dude, when you think of the big cat, you just you naturally think of like his wrestling. Career. I mean, six foot nine, two hundred ninety pounds, man. I mean, yeah, he had feuds with Andre the Giant and Wahoo. Um, you know, he was just larger than life. He just got a a hundred percent respect to Ernie Ladd. I, I want to say that I think. Let me look real quick. Go, uh, go ahead, because he won like two championships with the AFL. Really? I think so. Right before. Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, you can go. You can go oh ahead. yeah, well, like before the the AFL NFL merger. Yes, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, crazy. Um, I mean, kind of moving on the list while you look that up. Uh, Brian Pillman, uh, of course. You know, he had a uh, brush uh, with football. With uh, I mean, played college ball at uh, Miami of Ohio before he uh, got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, played linebacker, 1984. Appeared in six games, but. Uh, ended up uh, kind of leaving the NFL and playing in the CFL for the Calgary Stampeders. Decided football wasn't for him. Ended up making a switch over to professional wrestling. And I mean, dude, Flying Brian, the loose cannon, just like everything. It's really crazy that, you know, the car accident, the really bad car accident they got into, kind of really fucked up his wrestling career right when it was about to reach a boiling point. Okay, so and then his tragic death is just kind of. I'm gonna sad. touch on Brian Pillman in one second. But I just want to say, okay, so Ernie Ladd won four AFL championship games in five years for the Chargers, and also had a brief spell with the Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Oilers, and then he retired due to a knee injury. But yeah, we're talking. Uh, I had to throw that out because that is insane with the AFL. But yeah. moving on to Brian Pillman, one of my favorite wrestlers early on for WCW. You always remember him wearing the bangle. Um, Wrestling Trunks, mm-hmm. which was very unique because he played for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we've got Cincinnati Bengals coming up in the Super Bowl. Hey, Brian Pillman, I didn't know he was a, was a defensive lineman. 
linebacker. Linebacker. Like, he didn't really, he wasn't that big of a guy. No. But then again, I know players are a lot smaller then, but he was very athletic, man, because he was doing uh, high cross body blocks off the top rope, had great matches with Jushin Thunder Liger. I was so ex- pumped up when he, you, you know, went to WWF, but right around that time, like you were saying, with the the, uh, the injury that damn near, uh, almost had his foot amputated, it yeah. was so bad uh, with the, oh God, what was it, that army truck? The, um, the Jeep. Yeah, the Jeep, he just rolled it a gazillion times, mm-hmm. and... You just think what could have been. But yeah, Brian Pillman just shows you the athleticism that he had. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I know this is a name that you're going to love because this is an Impact Wrestling guy, but uh, Moose, your current uh, Impact Heavyweight Champion, man. You want to talk about him for a bit? Yeah, man. Moose, like uh, six foot five, played offensive guard, drafted in the fifth round for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he started 20 games, and you don't, you know... He played for four different teams, but most of his playing time was with the Atlanta Falcons. And I got to say something, man. Moose, when you think of that size, because after he retired from football, got into phenomenal shape, the guy can do what Apollo Crews does. He does that standing backflip splash. I've seen him do that. That is insane for a guy that size to do that. He's your current Impact World Champion. Finally gets his just due. Um... He never had that title before, which is insane with as long as he's been with the company. Yeah, so. dude, like, they, they kept teasing it for a long time, and then they yeah. finally pulled the trigger, but... I mean, he had technically the TNA Championship, and he went up against Rich Swan, who had the Impact Champion, and then Rich Swan got the better, won both titles, and eventually they got rid of the TNA title, long story short. Finally, Moose is your, your Impact Champion. Um... I'm 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 stoked, man. I know Impact's coming into the Hilarious Center. I think they're going to do something with the Sean Payton Foundation. I know Scott Demore wanted to have Sean Payton try to come by. I don't. That's not going to happen. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, Moose, you got you got to love it. I mean, this guy really is the limit, according to what Jeff Jarrett had to say about him. He's got the power and the explosiveness, and you don't really see that from offensive linemen, though. He's a big guy. But yeah. Just, well, well, no, it's it's kind of crazy because like you you were talking about Brian Pillman earlier, and the fact that like it's kind of crazy to picture him as a linebacker. But like a lot of these guys, when they stop playing football, they kind of change their physiques a bit. Because I mean, mm. like you know, NFL trying to get you know big and you, you know, bulk up, you, can, you get a little bit of a belly. Yeah, but um, I mean, even think about like Luger as a freaking offensive lineman. I know, like. The, the way that he was so chiseled and cut, like, at the height of his, you know, bodybuilding slash wrestling career. You could be like, oh, that's a linebacker. But then you're like, no, that was a that was a lineman. You're like, yeah. really? Yeah, like, no, I, I definitely don't see him being that cut and that... Well, I can see, still see him being muscular, but I definitely don't see him as cut and chiseled uh, as he was when he was playing football. Like, no, nah, he definitely had size, probably had a gut. Yeah. And then I mean, toned it all up so. once he quit that, so... Yeah, I know. So I'm just happy to see Moose on here. Yeah. Now we're just gonna go rapid fire like big WWE names. Let's I just mean, go with like the biggest names in WWE in recent years, like the past twenty years. Let's go ahead, start knocking them out. Right, so we were talking about uh, Roman Reigns earlier. We kind of touched on the Rock. Let, let's talk about the Rock. I mean, I mean, like he. I mean, look, he had he has a friggin' show on NBC, Young Rock, where he touches on his college football career um, at. The University of Miami and how it didn't really pan out the way that he thought it would. He thought well, he was going to make his money playing football, and it didn't end up panning well, out that way. Whether it be injuries or um, attitude or anything like that, just yeah. I mean, well, also the Rock. You know, he was a very I don't know. I mean, talent shows. We know the athleticism he had now. I mean, you think of his grandfather, Chief, great Chief Peter Maivia. You think of his dad, Rocky Johnson. You knew the athleticism and size was there. But also, he played with Ray Lewis and he played with Warren Sapp. And there's a story that he tells, he told Dan Patrick that made me laugh, how uh, I think Rock was a junior. Warren Sapp was coming on as this touted, highly recruited uh, football player. Warren Sapp told him that summer before he even started his freshman year, he's like, six months or whatever it was, I'm going to be starting. Rock was like, all right, whatever. Just come six months, Warren Sapp starting. So... <laughs> Um, but the fact that The Rock does have a college football championship ring. Yeah, no, 91, uh, 91 championship with the Miami Hurricanes. He played for the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL, but was cut uh, two months into the 99, uh, 1995 season. 
we know the story about how when he had the meeting, uh, the sit-down meeting with Jr. He literally had seven dollars and change in his pocket. Yeah. And um, you know, basically, Jr. had to cover um, you know the Rock's meal. Yeah, he gave uh, him a couple hundred dollars. Like, here, kid, have some food, money for food, and uh, that's the name of his uh, production company. Is yeah, seven dollars? Yeah, something like that. So yeah. Um, I mean, just look at The Rock, how big he is, defensive end. And then you got another gigantic name. Well, I mean, you think of The Rock, and who's one of The Rock's biggest adversaries? Thank you, his biggest WWE. adversaries. Fucking Stone Cold Stone Steve Cold Austin. Steve Austin. So, you know, it's funny to think of Stone Cold because you think of the ball goatee, man. But long back then, man, he had the long blonde hair, and he was a football player. Dude, he had a big fucking forehead with that big head of hair <laughs> and that receding hairline. It was just like, jeez. Oh, Goldilocks, man. But, dude, he, um, yeah, man, he ended up, well, he was a transfer, but, you know, he's... Well, he, he got a scholarship to play at Wharton County, uh, Wharton County Junior College before mm-hmm. earning a full ride to University of North Texas. Look, man, if you're a qualified football player to play for a college in Texas, which Texas probably, you know, got some shit for this, probably the best state for, for football, that's saying something, man, so... And I played a defensive end through his college career. Um, kind of realized once college was done that the the pros weren't for him, and spent a lot of days watching wrestling at the. I mean, he was up in North Texas, so you get to see the uh, the Dallas Sports Portorium. He would watch wrestling, the Von Erickson, the uh, the Freebirds, and that got him falling in love with it. Yeah, I mean, he kind of talked about how he ditch a few football practices in high school to go and watch, you know. Well, that's kind of where he got the Austin 316 was playing football. You'd see the John 316 in the end zone, and that kind of sparked <laughs> memories. And he always thought about that, and he, you know, that's how he was able to dictate. Also, Jake the Snake did the wrestling promo, and I, th- I don't know if he actually said John 316, but Austin thought about that to the football days. Hey, I remember seeing the John 316 in the background. I'm going to use this and say, well, Austin 316 says, you know, and from there, there we go. Probably the biggest name in WWE, um, definitely over the last uh, like 15 years or so, uh, John Cena. Um, well, granted, didn't really play too long uh, as far as football, but he played uh, Division Three football at Springfield College, uh, wore the number 54, and you think back to like Cena's early days with like the hip-hop gimmick and everything yeah, like Dr. that. Yeah, Dr. Thugonomics. Dr. Thugonomics. The number that he would wear on his Cena jerseys was 54. That was his playing number. So yeah, he was a center, which made sense because you look at Cena's build, man. He's kind of shorter, but just stocky as hell, man. And he also goes to show like the powerlifting that he had. He got that from football. Uh, he was also big into uh, bodybuilding as well. Mm-hmm. So, but all that athleticism and everything starts with that football background. And yes, Cena played Division Three, but still, that's impressive. Another guy that's like one of the biggest names, whether it be fucking wrestling, UFC, you name it, just natural born killer, fucking Brock Lesnar. And this is a guy that didn't play football in college. Didn't play anything. He basically quit wrestling just because he's like, you know what, fuck it. I don't like the traveling that I have to do or the constant traveling I have to do with uh, uh, with the WWE. I'm going to go try my hand in the NFL. Fuck it. I got the size. I got the speed. I'm a, I'm a fucking specimen. Paul Heyman laid off two of his statistics. I don't know all of them, but I know two of them. <coughs> uh, the guy ran a 4.640 for his size. He's six foot three, 280 plus pounds. That's crazy speed right there for a guy that big. Also, I think he bench pressed 225 36 times, which is like that would win majority of combine years right there. That's what offensive linemen, defensive tackles are both pushing, man. Brock Lesnar's doing that shit. There was a freak of nature athleticism wise. Uh, I don't know if the rumor is true. The reason he didn't make the Minnesota team was because he hit the quarterback with the red jersey. That could be hearsay, or maybe they just didn't want the. The drama, but either way, well, like he didn't, he didn't know all the rules, exactly. And, and it's like, especially if you don't have that background going from high school to college and mm-hmm. then the pros, because like a lot of the things that they drill in you when you're kind of going up in your football career is yeah. like learning scheme, learning system, learning how to out, like especially as a D lineman, learning how to outmaneuver offensive linemen to get uh, to get into the backfield. You know, like a lot of the technique and everything like that. He's literally starting from scratch. And granted, as much of a physical specimen as he is, like, because you see a lot of guys that maybe play one year of college football and then just because they're freak specimens and they try their hand at the NFL, look at uh, David Onyemata uh, on, on the New Orleans Saints. You know, um, when the Saints originally drafted him, he was a project. He's a kid from Africa that played college ball in Canada, oh, yeah. gets drafted in the NFL, and they're just like, dude, just his measurables his Mm -hmm. you know 
Like, the dude has freak athleticism. Like, he could make the transition if he learns, but he's got a steep learning curve. Well, shit, he took to it like a duck to water. And, I mean, the dude is just fucking crushing it oh, for the safety yeah. line. Brock Lesnar, though, like, literally did not have a year of college football. Yeah, didn't have anything. Yeah, so... Um, just, so, yeah, it just didn't pan out, but I mean... It shows you what a freak of nature he was, man. If this was, like, the XFL, dude would probably <laughs> fucking excel. There's no rules. Like, the old XFL just be like, fuck it, just go back there and crush the dude. He'd do that. Oh, NFL Blitz is what it would be, yeah. Going from a giant monster specimen like Brock Lesnar to, like, one of the next guys on our list, just the small, like... Just thinking of him, small dude, like a chihuahua, but a lot of bite. Like, no more for his work on the mic than maybe in the ring. I was surprised to see Enzo Amore actually played college football. Crazy. That shocked me, too. It was Division three, but still he played football. He was a linebacker and a safety. But the thing that was is, like, I saw a video recently on social media with Enzo, and he's bulking up, man. He's get, He's putting on the been working out, and he's getting the size. And that would make sense seeing that he played football. Yeah. So that shocked me too when I saw his name on the list. Um, another guy that, you know, you said this, you were kind of surprised. This surprised but... me because I figured, I didn't know if he played football. I assumed he played college football, and I must have skipped over this. I had no idea he played football, especially for an established college. Uh, let's just get to it. Biggie Langston. I didn't know that he played defensive line. He was on the defensive line for the University of Iowa. Well, like, I, well, I know we talked about this before we started the podcast tonight, but. Like he, I never, I remember like with WrestleMania in Tampa before fucking COVID hit and like without fans or whatever, they were you know pumping him up. The fact that he's from the Tampa area, yeah, um, that he um, was a letterman, like won several like Florida State awards, like for his football career in high school. Then ends up getting, I, I want to say he got a scholarship to Iowa. Um, didn't just uh, play football there, though. He also was on their powerlifting team. I was going to say, because I've known him more for a powerlifter. I mean, the guy could bench press 500 pounds, which is insane. Um, but, yeah, it makes sense that a guy like that would also play football, being that damn strong. So I'm not at all surprised that he played college football. But University of Iowa shocked me. Cause I'm like, that's an established school. That's a good university college football team. And he played D lineman, just like, wow, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Bray Wyatt. That's another one that surprised me, man. I knew he played football. Didn't didn't play long. He no. played a little ball at uh, Troy. He uh, went University to Troy. Troy was a backup center. That's where uh, Demarcus Ware was drafted from. So, but still, I mean, that's you know college ball. Yeah, no, he was briefly on the team in 2007, and then he uh, quit to basically pursue wrestling with his brother Bo Dallas. Uh, Bo Dallas also played football, but not on this list because it was more high school ball. He didn't pursue it when he was in college. He just went straight to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we, we've we touched on Roman Reigns. we touched on The Rock. Let's, let's go ahead and touch on The Usos. Um, played football at Escambia High School in Pensacola before continuing their careers at the University of West Alabama. Uh, both brothers played linebacker uh, while they were at West Alabama. Uh, Jimmy played one season in 2003, while Jay played uh, from 2003 to 2005. So, I guess between the two, Jay's a superior athlete <laughs> and footballer and wrestler. I mean, Jay had that brief uh, moment in the sun, main eventing against Roman Reigns. Uh, I mean, based on, on what I've seen, Jay is the better athlete. Yeah. If, you know. So, um, Darren Young... Uh, name that's not necessarily surprising, but um, former primetime player, uh, played both sides of the ball at Union High School in New Jersey, and then played a year of college ball at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University. And then, uh, kudos to him. No, man, that's not bad. I didn't really know that either. And then you get to Jack Swagger. We heard this so much, or uh, Jack Hagar now. Um, you know, we all knew Oklahoma sooner because JR wouldn't shut up about it. No offense. I mean, I love JR. But uh, he was a two-time, just like, you know, Dr. Death. He also, he played, he was a wrestler, but he also played defensive tackle for the Sooners. But he was a backup defensive tackle. Yeah, second string, D-tackle. And, he, like, when it was kind of clear he wasn't going to get on the field, yeah, he's he, like, eh, I'm going to focus more on wrestling. wrestling. So he, you know, he quit the Amateur team. wrestling. Yeah, it, real wrestling, or whatever you want to call it. Hey, no. <laughs> this is real wrestling, wrestling to is me. Real wrestling. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> No, but no, focus more on the amateur wrestling career to then, you know. Yeah, so he's, he's left football. But this one's actually a really big name that a lot of guys know about, but they might have forgot about because you don't really see him much on. He's more of an ambassador now than a wrestler. But Titus O'Neil, man, 
Titus O'Neil played for the 1996 Florida Gator Championship team under Steve Spurrier. That's how long Titus O'Neil's been playing football. So uh, he was drafted uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Played professionally there for a spell. Also, uh, actually, I think he had kind of a longer career in the in the arena football league. Oh, okay. Well, I think you see um, that. You know, and then uh, after his arena football career ended, made the transition over to wrestling. But, I mean, he did it relatively late. Um, like, he, he was pretty old when he I mean, actually dude, made the transition. Think about that, man. I'm like, just think about how old he is now. I'm like, he played for the 96 team. So, like, I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's... Not that he's the age he is. I don't know how old he is, but I'm not saying that's old. But by today's I mean, standards, we're, we're, we're almost coming up on 30 years. You know, from from that. I mean, it's been 26 Holy years. Cow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This would make 26 years of that. He would have been 18. So yeah. I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ, man. He'd be 44, 45 right now. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he did. I mean, we didn't really see him in WWE until maybe much about 10 later. Years ago. He was with NXT. I think 2.0. No, uh... Not, not, not NXT 2. No, <laughs> let me phrase that. They had the first NXT where you had uh, Nexus. And I think he was the second... Yeah. I think, I think he, I wonder if maybe he was the second Bray right at that with, like, you know, Bray Wyatt and Curtis McGillicuddy and all that, but I'm no, probably No, 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 he was, he was part of the first... First one? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah he, he was. He was part of Nexus. Nexus, so. yeah, so... But he was much older, and I'm finally getting his just due. This one is probably... Well, this is going to surprise me, because I knew this back in his NXT days... Uh, we talk about somebody else who was much bigger, who had to lose weight to get to the shape he's in now. Baron Corbin, mm-hmm. guys. Baron Corbin's an athlete, man. The guys they talk about his amateur boxing background, um, Golden Gloves or whatever. But he also played. Well, he played Division Two ball for Northwestern Missouri State. But guys, he played guard for Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if he started. He was a backup, but still. Well, I mean, but dude, he was with the Colts in 2009. That was a team that went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Saints. Yeah, that's right. So, no, I mean, like, he was a teammate of Pat McAfee, if you think about it, at one point. And we'll touch on Pat a little later in the list. Oh, of course, man. But, yeah, no, like, um, spent 2009 with the Colts, 2010 with the Cardinals, and then decided to quit football and make yeah, the transition sure. over to wrestling. Yeah, man, if you look at him back in his playing days, he was a big old boy. So, yeah, he definitely lost a lot of weight to uh, get to the size that he is now. This one doesn't necessarily surprise me, but it does because I didn't know this. But when you think of how big this guy is... Eric Rowan of the Wyatt family mm-hmm. uh, played had to play offensive lineman. Doesn't say, but he played for the University of Minnesota, where he's from. Uh, <laughs> real name Joseph Rude. Uh Kane, uh, of course, you know Mayor Glenn Jacobs. That does Mayor not Kane. shock me at all. Not at all. Um, granted, he spent a lot of time jumping around. His family was uh, in the Air Force. He was born in Spain, um, bounced around, but ended up uh, once he made his way to the states, played college ball at Northeast Missouri State University. Um, again, didn't really pursue it outside of college, but dude played a little college ball. Look at the man's size. Look at his look at uh, his size. I mean, six foot eight is like yeah. Who's gonna can stop you know get past this guy? But uh, this one we all know about because of his relationship friendship with Rob Gronkowski. Again, uh, touch on him. A we'll little touch bit. on him later. But Mojo Rawley, uh, I did want to touch on him because I mean he had a pretty decent career, uh, college career. Um, he played through uh, initially uh, played Division three ball at Christopher Newport University. Eventually made the transfer to the University of Maryland Terrapins, where he actually finished third in sacks for the Terrapins in two thousand eight. So he did play pro- well. I don't know if he played professionally, but he was drafted. Maybe yeah. signed by a team. Oh, I want to say Tennessee, but I gotta look that one up. I should have looked on it beforehand. Yeah. But he ended up, he knows Gronk somehow. <laughs> so maybe just they're, they're BFFs, quote unquote. Yeah, quote unquote. Um, JBL, Jean Bradshaw. This one I had forgotten about because they didn't really bring it up until he, like in the early 90s when he was, JR brought it up Mm -hmm. uh, when he was, you know, the cowboy, John Bradshaw or John Layfield gimmick. But yeah, man, he uh, played for Trinity Valley Community College, went to Abilene Christian University. But guys, he signed with the Los Angeles Raiders. Think about that. The Los Angeles Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, the little Vegas Raiders. It's just funny how these teams come and go. So, but right. Tried his luck there and then uh, would move on to the World League of American Football with the uh, San Antonio Riders. But again, just the, the pro career didn't really pan out. And then, I mean, had a pretty long and successful uh, wrestling career. You know, 100%, man. like yeah. granted, went from being a guy that was more known for being a tag team wrestler and then completely changed up his shtick. Embrace the fact that, like, you know, you got this dude that's featured on Fox News. On I was going to say, it was the Fox News that really got him over. Because yeah. I, I remember my dad would kind of call me and tell me, he's like, he'd look at JBL, he's like, that's the Fox contributing dude for stocks. I was like, what? I 
like the cowboy dude, the tag team guy, or I think he was with the APA back then. And then yeah. um, that just got him over, man. Like the fact that he was doing this. Hey, let's merge these two. You're good with stocks. You're good with making money. You're a badass. Dude, dude let's... lives on a fucking uh, Caribbean island. I think I can't remember if it's Aruba so. yeah. or. Dude, he lives on a fucking Caribbean island. Has his own jet that he flies in to go to like a lot of these appearances on the mainland. It's just nuts that you know. Granted. He made he made a good amount of money towards the back end of his wrestling mm-hmm. career, but dude made a shit ton of money in the stock market. Like it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give it up to the guy, man. I love that. So I love this story just because of the, the New Orleans Saints connection. But uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff next up on our list. Now and I knew about this because he recently passed away, but I had forgotten that you know he was drafted to the New Orleans Saints in the twelfth round in the nineteen seventy three NFL draft. Two hundred 289th overall pick. Um, he uh, played his college ball at the University of Tampa, scoring 21 touchdowns. Uh, what was he, a uh, tight end? Oh, God, I looked that one up. I thought he was a fullback or running back. But 2,000 all-purpose yeah. yards. I mean, it's unfortunate he failed his physical with the New Orleans Saints and with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he did actually play NFL football? Uh, played uh, for the World Football League in 1975 for the Jacksonville Sharks. But uh, the... The football career didn't last long. He no. did transition over to wrestling. And, I mean, like, in the 1980s, he was big. Now, let me tell you something. That makes sense to me because I think of Porn Ordorf. I'm like, who is this dude? Why does he have this insane physique? And he just kind of looked like a dad. He just looked like your typical, like, friend's dad with the crazy, like, weird haircut, whatever. Yeah. And uh, he, But he had a fucking... He was huge. He was big dude. Ripped. Roided. He was, like, your typical go-to... Uh, but that makes sense now realizing that he played football in the 70s. So, again, you kind of forget about that. Yeah, and then another guy that uh, fairly recently passed away, uh, Big Van Vader. Big Van Vader, Leon White, man. Uh, this one I should have figured out. I realized it when I listened to the Stone Cold podcast. He was an, he was a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he was drafted by the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the time. Played uh, offensive line at the University of Colorado. Was a two-time All-American. Yeah, two-time All-American. Damn, that tells you right there how yeah. good he was. Rams drafted him in 78. Um, he ended up retiring after an injury. He had knee injury. That and then forced him to stop. dude became big in Japan and oh, monster, in the NWA man. and then WCW. Like, it's just kind of crazy how, yeah, you know, the football career didn't pan out because of injuries goes into the wrestling world and just becomes a fucking monster. Yeah, but like most guys like on the new tradition now is when you when you're a defensive lineman or offensive lineman you you lose the weight now. But back then you gained the weight <laughs> if you left football. Yeah. And when you look at Vader you're like, yeah, I can see that dude being a lineman for sure. Well, dude, but his agility and like just some of the like dudes doing fucking moonsaults off the top the rope. rope. Like, yeah, that's wild. Crazy. Yeah, that dude was a freak athlete, and he was strong as hell. Yeah, I mean, like, again, you look at, like, most offensive linemen, and you don't see those fucking big dudes, like, you don't think any of those big dudes could actually pull that shit off nowadays. Just... No, not even today. He could do that at 400 pounds. Crazy. Yeah. Now, doing our research, this one shocked the hell out of me, because I did not know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, Tito Santana. This one surprised me, you know, and I love me some Tito, because I thought he was so great and under a uh, very... Un- undervalued, uh, underappreciated. Underappreciated, yeah. yeah. Just like wrestler. Um, Eve Singles career, stri- you know, Strike Force is a great tag team with him and Rick Martel. El Matador. Exactly. Then they <laughs> did the whole cartoon thing with the El Matador. He's towards the, I guess he was getting older, but man, Tito Santana was a great worker back in his prime days. But it makes sense. He played tight end. Uh, he was for, originally played for West Texas State University. He signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was cut early. Uh, he said he played for the CFL for the BC Lions, but that I had no idea, no clue. That yeah, was like, no, that's awesome. no, again, like you're talking about. Oh man, what what is it with these uh, Spanish guys? You're going to uh, Spanish Kansas, uh, City. Kansas City drafting these Spanish tight ends, but shit, man, it might not have worked for Tito, but it damn sure worked for Tony Gonzalez. I mean, another um, kind of another name that really doesn't come as a shock to many, but like Hacksaw Jim Duggan uh, actually was recruited by Ohio State. But ended up playing his college ball at SMU, Southern Methodist. Yeah. Uh, eventually was voted team captain while he uh, played for the team. Uh, he would go on to sign with the Atlanta Falcons, but after injuries would be released. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, yeah, I mean, this is another guy we touched on a couple of weeks ago, uh, or in the last couple of weeks with our Royal Rumble 
Um, you he know, was the first Royal episodes. Rumble winner. I always thought he'd play for the Bears, though, man. When they said the Falcons, I was like, oh, okay. But we all knew he was a football player because they brought it up, and he'd always, that finishing movie head where he got in a three-point stance, and he would just run at you with the clothesline or whatever. It was, you know, it's Hacksaw, man. Um, Ahmed Johnson, another name on this list. God, Ahmed Johnson, we're talking about overrated, underrated, whatever. Very, this, very, this, very overrated. As overrated, a but I want to paint the picture of 1996 Ahmed Johnson because, or even 95, 96 Ahmed in his prime. He, when I got back into wrestling early 96, before the NWO, Ahmed Johnson, you looked at him. Well, first of all, okay, let's just talk about his football career. Played for the University of Tennessee, Tennessee Volunteer. He was a middle linebacker for the Cowboys for the 90, 91 seasons. Uh, doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, unfortunately, but still, that's. Damn good football accolades right there. But, man, when he first came in, uh, Tony Norris, man, he was so athletic. He was the first guy or one of the first guys, besides from Booker T, that you saw did that uh, double axe kick to the back to mm-hmm. some guys. And he was so big and athletic for his size. He was like, oh, damn, you're 300 pounds. Wasn't muscular, like, what else, let me phrase that. He wasn't ripped, but he was fucking muscular as shit. He was a brick house. Man, he, when he made his debut, he uh, body slammed Yokozuna, the big Yokozuna. Now, mind you, Yokozuna held him, but still, to do that rotation, the best you can do, that tells you, hey, man, this guy's a guy not to be messed with. Pearl River Plunge. Pearl River man. Plunge. I love that finishing move. Um, yeah, he was a, a bit stiff. The dude wore knee pads for elbow pads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a big dude. And, but, like, guys, like, he, you could foresee him being a future WF champion, and that is no shit, man. Because, like, when he won the Intercontinental Championship from Goldust at King of the Ring 1996, you believe that, hey, man, this is a future star. Unfortunately, with injuries... Didn't work out that way. But injury, injuries and personality. Yeah, he didn't have the charisma. Because there was like one interview <coughs> that if you were to listen to, you're like, I don't understand what this guy's saying. He's just shouting, mumbling. But either way, I just wanted to try to reach out to the fans and show you how big Tony Norris, a.k.a. Ahmed Johnson, was in 1996. Back in his, you know, that was his prime year. So. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, Draz, uh, Darren Drozdov. That, um, oh, God, I mean, man. puke. He's got a puke. I was gonna He's got a puke. I can't not do it when I hear that. But um, <clears throat> he played at Fork Union Military Academy before uh, attending the University of Maryland. I mean, a lot of a lot of these guys that pop on this list played their college ball in Maryland. It's yeah, kind of crazy. Like running down this list and seeing like the Maryland connection. Uh, played defensive tackle for the Terrapins. He would go on to play a few seasons in the NFL for both the Jets and the Broncos. Um, we know like him making the transition over to the WWF. Um, becoming part of LOD 2000. Yeah. Um, having a having a fairly good singles push. Like, kind of imagine what his wrestling career would have been like before the tragic injury that ended up paralyzing him from the waist down. I was just a freak accident, man. And you feel terrible. I'm so glad he's still alive. And he seems to be, you know, high spirits, you know, push, move the side from that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that he played football, man. He was a... Played in the NFL. It shows you how athletic he was. You know, and then we kind of transition away from, like, the guys that are known more for the wrestling career than the footballing over to the guys that, you know, are more known for their NFL accolades that also dabbled in a bit of wrestling. But you've actually had a couple of those guys that had a lot of success in the wrestling industry. Um, One of the big ones, I mean, Monty Brown. Yeah, Marcus Corvon, man. Uh, he played, you know, he played for that uh, Buffalo Bills from 1993 to 95 and then ended his finished his career with the New England Patriots in 96. Dude played in 43 games with 13 starts. Actually started in a Super Bowl. Uh, with yeah, his the first, Bills. first year linebacker was the 93 season with the Buffalo Bills. Seven of his uh, starts came under uh, Bill Belichick, the 1996 AFC champion Patriots. Uh, that ended up getting skull dragged in the Super Bowl oh, well, against Bay Packers, uh, yeah. Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Right. but uh, dude, the the alpha male man, um, do play linebacker, uh, retired, uh, ended up having a pretty successful wrestling career. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people. I'll, I'll tell you how you might know him from. I obviously know him from TNA. 
I love this finishing move. It worked so well with the six-sided ring. You did it first probably in the fourth uh, when they started with just the regular square circle or square ring, you know, four-pointer post. Mm -hmm. But his, his move worked awesome with the six-sided ring because what he'd do is he would throw you in. It's called a pounce. He would throw you into one of the ropes and he would come off at an angle with one of the other six ropes and just basically just shoulder tackle the shit out of you and you'd go flying. It was it was awesome to witness because he was so big. He was, wasn't the tallest guy. He was little, but he was just fucking built like a brick shit house and charge the shit out of you. You would know him, uh, fortunately, from WWE CW was how you would know him if you were a WWF fan because he was with, like, the new guy with, like, Matt Striker, the vampire guy, and there was one other person. They wrestled uh, the ECW Originals at WrestleMania 23, but then he ended up retiring. He had to take care of his sister, and then he just never never came back. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Pac-Man Jones. Okay, like, so. Like, granted... Definitely more known for the footballing than the wrestling, <laughs> but it's the TNA thing. I'll let you take it from here. Man. Okay, so Pac-Man Jones never actually officially wrestled, in, you know, he because of the NFL contracts. Mm -hmm. But TNA was needed uh, to generate some sort of heat. So back in 2005, they had R Truth uh, be his tag team partner. And yes, you can say that R Truth and Adam Pacman Jones are TNA World Tag Team Champions. <laughs> that is a real sentence I just said. Sure. Um, I mean, I mean, do we do we really even need to kind of delve into Pacman Jones' uh, professional career? <laughs> I mean, I do mean, you, do you play quarterback for the Titans, the Cowboys, Bengals? I know Broncos. more for the Titans and the Bengals. He really was yeah. a good player when he wanted to play, but we all know him from the fucking, what, $30,000 or whatever, making it rain in the strip club story. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you know Pac-Man Jones. Dude, from. you know Pac-Man Jones more for getting in trouble with the law, <laughs> the law than, yeah. and really anything else. But, I mean, dude, uh, 146 games played, 104 starts, 17 interceptions, five punt returns for touchdowns. I mean, dude, like, God, those, like, seasons, those two seasons that he really, like, excelled for the Titans. Yeah. Like, that, that, that was one of the things, like, dude, he was, like, he was a shutdown corner. Like, you didn't want to throw the ball his way. Dude, pick it and score. Like, it's for a brief period, but yeah, he was a legit football player. But yeah, he technically wrestled as a tag team championship, even though he never actually physically got physical with anyone. Dude, well, like, one of the names that I was really shocked to see this, because, um, like, again, th this is going back to, like, the older days of, you know, wrestling. But, I mean, the dude has a college football award named after him. Dude, same here. When I read that story, I was like... Bronislaw Bronco Nagurski. I mean, Canadian-born, American football player. Um, he's a multi-time world heavyweight champion. Didn't know that. I didn't even know that. I'm finding that out right now. <laughs> like I said, I know much more football. I mean, uh, he played defensive fullback for uh, Minnesota from 1927 to 1929. Signed with the Chicago Bears and played professionally from 30 to 37. Um, led the Bears to two NFL championships, several division titles. Um I mean, again, like, the football accolades is what I know him for, but I didn't realize that he was a multi-time world heavyweight champion. Just fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. fact that they have an actual college award named after this guy, and he was a pro wrestler. I mean, this is way back before our parents' time. Like, this is back our grandparents' time. But still. You know, I mean, you can make the argument that he's maybe the most successful of the guys that's known for their football careers. But, again, just because it was so long ago, it doesn't really resonate with you or I because it's not of our generation. Um, you know, um, you got a couple of guys that were, like, one-hit wonders. There's, okay, there was one I don't think I saw on your list. Um, were you saying one-hit wonders? Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, uh, Alex Carras. Uh, was it Karras? Karras, did you have him on the list? I wasn't sure if you did. I didn't. I didn't include him. On okay, him, I'm just gonna say this because like American football player, professional wrestler Alex George Karras, famously known by his ring name, the Mad Duck, and for his noted role in the 1974 film Blazing Saddles, where he punched the horse down the ground, which was funny. Mongo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was uh, drafted in the first round by the 19 of uh, the 1958 draft by the Detroit Lions and played 12 seasons with the team in two spells from 58 62, and again from 64 to 70. Um, I just had to throw that one out there because that was a really big name. He was an actor, but he was a hell of a football player for Detroit, but he did wrestle too. And I was like, man, yeah. that really wrestles like shit. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead with the one-offs, man. Well, no, I mean, uh, of course, probably the biggest of the one-offs, Lawrence Taylor. 
I mean, the biggest one-off main event at WrestleMania. Hall of Fame footballer, one of the best linebackers probably to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Just uh, no a freak of whatsoever. nature. Um, dude, main event at WrestleMania 11 against Bam Bam Bigelow yeah. and won. <laughs> I mean, this was at a time when WWE was at its lowest point, in 1995, and the fact that they were in uh, out out of Connecticut, close enough to New York, they wanted to have a big New York guy name. So hey, why not get LT, who was pretty much towards the down towards the end of his career anyway? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's fucking Lawrence Taylor, man. I mean, come on. The dude does movies. The dude's a freak athlete. I mean, shit. Like, couldn't get a bigger name. If, if he would have dedicated himself to wrestling, one makes you wonder what he could have done in the ring had he focused all on that. But shit, he couldn't even focus on football, man. Dude, be coked out of his mind. Just still get two sacks in. It's like, damn. Break Joe Theismann's leg, <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, Ruin his career. Force him into early retirement. Oh, like, man. But, yeah, he made him into WrestleMania. It's crazy. Dude, uh, and then, like, kind of sticking with maybe WWE and, and WrestleMania, uh, William Perry, the friggin' refrigerator, man. Yeah, man. WrestleMania 2 in Chicago. They had that Royal Rumble, man. They had a lot of the uh, 85 Bears players uh, in that Rumble. And one of the biggest ones that must be loved is William Refrigerator Perry. I mean, Super Bowl champion with the 85 Bears, uh, played a couple of seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles as well, but I mean, played 10 seasons overall, had his little one-off in, in WWF, uh, WrestleMania 2. Um, then, if we maybe transition over to the WCW side of things, friggin' Reggie White. Reggie White, one of the greatest football players of all time, if not the greatest defensive player of all time. Defensive lineman. I was going to say just defensive player overall, but yeah, defensive line, he is arguably the greatest. We're just talking about Lawrence Taylor. I get it's like apples and oranges when we're talking about oh, our best defensive no, 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 players no, no, of no. all time. Because LT like, said, when you talk about the greatest defensive player of all time, LT said himself, I don't say I was, I say Reggie White. But Aaron Donald is making a fucking argument to be had for the greatest player of all time. Reggie White, arguably one of the greatest defensive linemen of all time, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, but he actually thirteen-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, thank you. That's even like crazy right there. Just goes to show you how long he played, and he did have the sack record for the longest time before uh, I think Bruce Smith uh, eventually broke it. But uh, he wrestled Mongo McMichael at the nineteen ninety-seven Slambury for WCW. That is a real sentence. Like that actually happened. We'll touch on Mongo again in a little bit, but. Uh... Actually, talk about a guy that um, made his debut alongside Mongo McMichael, um, mean Kevin Green. Yeah, Kevin Green, man. Now, this is actually the reason why football players cannot wrestle anymore is because of Kevin Green. But again, no fault of his own. He was just like, hey, man, it's the all-season. I'll wrestle. First time we saw him wrestle was with Mongo McMichael. It was Mongo Michael, Kevin Green against uh, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. Uh, Slamboree. Uh, I think it was Great American Bash. Or no, Great, no, great American Bash. 96. Outsiders, um, Powerbomb. Yeah, Bischoff. Bischoff, right. and then Mongo turned on Kevin turned Green. Turned on Kevin Green. Like, I, I mean, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about but, Mongo in yeah, a second. Yeah, but Kevin Green but. also wrestled again, uh, I think, the year after, and that's when they officially put in the clause that you like you cannot compete in other sports while you still have a contract with the well, NFL. So, well, so that was 96, and then 98 was when he uh, teamed up with Goldberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, like, again, he was doing this thing, like, still in, in his playing career, like, go away to do, like, wrestling spots at WCW, but then finally, like, I think, I, I'm trying to remember if he was playing for the Panthers or the Steelers uh, at this point, but basically it's like, you know, man, no, 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 no. If you're playing, if you're playing for us... You know, no, we're we're gonna update your your contract with this clause. There's yeah, no wrestling. Right. No, Kevin Green, man. Guys got over hundred. Don't need you getting injured doing stupid shit on the side. No, mm-hmm. no, no. You, so you play football. You play with us. They wrote in that contract with players, and right. that kind of influenced, like I said, future athletes like Pac-Man Jones. Like, like that's uh, why Pac-Man Jones could not wrestle was because of that clause. So, um, but I mean, probably the most successful, at least when we think of like you know modern day footballer transitioning over to. Uh, wrestling, or just like the most successful of the guys that are more known for their football career uh, than they are the wrestling career, but Steve Mongo McMichael. I mean, we brought his name up a couple of times in the last few minutes. Um, but I mean, dude played for the Bears, defensive tackle from 1980 to 93. Uh, won a Super Bowl with the 85 Bears. Um, played for the Broncos for, or excuse me, the Packers for uh, the 94 season. Played a total of 213 NFL games, 171 starts. 95 sacks, um, ended up wrestling for WCW, was a horseman, mm-hmm. um, you know, just 
if, if anything, his biggest contribution to the wrestling world is bringing his wife, Deborah McMichael, into the world of wrestling. I mean, I'm not going to argue that. Had many years uh, as a successful manager, eventually would divorce Mongo and marry one Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, you could remember seeing him initially as a commentator on WCW Nitro in 95 before he got into the ring. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because I didn't really even know back then. I was a kid. I was like, oh, man, like, yeah, he played for the Bears, man. He was a defensive lineman, you know? Dude, like, he, sure. well, like, when I think of Mongo, too, I think of him at the Nitro commentary desk with his Fucking chihuahua. Yeah. They always dress up in these always had the chihuahua, and everything. Which drove me crazy, but. But, I mean, like, there's also the Texas connection because, I mean, before he played in the NFL, you know, he played for the University of Texas. Um, before he even played for the Bears, he played for the Patriots. I think he was drafted by the Patriots and then ended oh. up sticking on with the Bears for 13 seasons. Yeah. Crazy. crazy. You know, um, just the fact that he is a former WCW United States champion. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the fact that, you know, he's a horseman. There's... Granted, there are a lot of guys that you could say that yes, they were horsemen, but were they really memorable? Like immediately, Paul Roma Paul comes Roma, to mind. Alex Luger, Sid Vicious, you know, definitely Dean Malenko, you know, all those guys, Brian Pillman, Chris Jer- I mean, Chris Benoit, but a lot of those guys I enjoyed the different renditions. But yeah, Mongo was one of the one of those horsemen where you're like, yeah, he was a horseman. But you know, I thought at the time I was like, I'm fine with it. Well, you know, it was like he used a big bruising enforcer. Because, I mean, even though Arn Anderson is the enforcer, you know, Arn Anderson wasn't really like a big brooding, you know, shithouse or brick house. To yeah, like I mean, really, you know, he wasn't a muscle at this point. And so Mongo brought that muscle factor to the horseman at that point. But, yeah, I mean, it was a weak iteration of the horseman. But, I mean, that, that's something that he's going to have on his wrestling career for the rest of his life. He was a horseman. Yeah, man. 171 NFL starts, 95 sacks. Crazy. Like, I didn't even realize he had that many sacks. But, yeah, like, you have to, I, I mean, football players, yeah, I'd have to say Mongo probably up there is, like, the greatest guy NFL made his wrestling. Because he gave it a fair shot mm. for a good two, maybe three years. You know, it might not have been the most successful, but either way, man, I mean... I mean, injuries, I think, kind of derailed his uh, his wrestling career. I mean, yeah. But at this point, too, the dude was, dude was kind of old. He was older, much older at that point anyway, so... Yeah. Um, Gronk, granted, very, very brief spell with wrestling. They wanted to do more with him, but then, you know, because he won the 24-7 title, but then, you and know... WrestleMania in Tampa. WrestleMania in Tampa. And then fucking Tom, Tom Brady ends up... Going to Tampa, calls Gronk, be like, hey, man, you want to come out of retirement and play with me? <laughs> so right after he wins the 24, uh, 24-7 title at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. COVID mania, yeah. um, you know, he's the guest host of Mania, you know, he ends up having to forfeit the belt back, or actually they, they filmed something where he was going to forfeit the belt back, Yeah, and then he got rolled up by R-Truth to, you know, R-Truth the 100-time... 24-7 could be 200 at this point, exactly. Um, no, it's just kind of crazy, too. But you also think back to, like, that WrestleMania spot at, uh, what was it, the, the WrestleMania in uh, San Francisco or Palo Alto. Oh, no, uh, it was actually, you talking about Orlando when he did the move with Jinder? That one, or which one? Or, or was it Orlando? It was Orlando. Oh, okay, no. I, it I was the uh, Under the Giant Battle Royal. I'm mixing, I'm mixing it up with Ronda Rousey at, at Palo Alto. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you're right. It was Orlando when did the shoulder block. Because he was sitting the... uh, ringside, and then Jinder like, threw his drink in his face or something. He jumps the, uh, the barricade, and then he does that big uh, three-point stance, tackle. Just I just love that security <laughs> guard that's trying to tell Gronk he can't jump over. He's trying to push back over, and then you have the WWE security. And runs into like no asshole. He's supposed to be a part of the group. Like, <laughs> fucking Gronk, man. It's a WrestleMania moment. Damn it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Mojo. You gotta uh, blame Gronk for the reason you don't have a career right now. Uh, it's sad, but you know, because he won the drawing battle royal. But it's like, hey, man, we're only holding on to you because of your friendship with this guy. Well, yeah, but there was also talk that he was maybe gonna do tag team wrestling with Mojo. Would have been a perfect situation. They could have done the new uh, with Zack Ryder and Mojo, the Bros or whatever the tag team they had or yeah. something like that. But it would have been fun. I would have enjoyed it. Grok, I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer, but we'll see. Then, I mean, dude, like last on the list, you know, but near and dear to my heart, freaking. Pat McAfee, man. I know we're doing the list. We're just thinking of names, and like all of a sudden, it's like, oh 
holy shit, that's right, Pat McAfee. I was like, current your current SmackDown fucking $120 million fan duel, Pat McAfee show. But yes, NXT. He wrestled two takeovers. Dude, well, I mean, look, that match with... Here, here's the thing. That match with Adam Cole. Yeah. Like, granted, Adam Cole made him look mint, but just some of the shit that McAfee pulled off in that match. It's, it's like, you knew he was an avid wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and he had done, like... Actually, when he got drafted by the Colts... He did like a little indie wrestling show in like the Pittsburgh area where he's from. Yeah, I kind of originally. That. Yeah. And like fucking loved it, had a great experience with it. Dude ended up buying a freaking wrestling ring. I think he actually bought it the day he got drafted. Like yeah. when he when he signed his kind of bought a freaking wrestling ring, had it there. So he dick around and, and everything like that, but actually it took the time to train. He has that match with Adam Cole, and nobody really knows what to expect with him. I mean, granted, he had shot, like, videos of him while he was training for the match and everything. Him doing, mm-hmm. like, flips off the rope and stuff like that. But then actually see him execute some of those crazy fucking moves in the Well, ring. he did two moves that's not easy to do and shows you're an athlete. Number one, he jumped up onto the top rope just off a regular jump. A single bounce. One single bounce. Then he did a, a backflip off the top rope and landed it. On Land, his landed on his feet. And then charged in and hit the fucking suplex off the top row. That right? was like, that tells you that dude's an athlete. And I, I was like, because I didn't know what to expect to. I, you know, I, I really like Pat McAfee a lot. I was like, look at this match. I'm like, all right, he's, 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 this is because he's a punter. Don't write him off. I knew he was an athlete. Dude's a great heel, man. But, uh, but man, he really worked. Heel. And then you have the uh, the war games mm-hmm. that he did against the Undisputed. Him, um, which I think the other names. Uh, I know uh, Odie Pete, Lorcan. Pete Dunn was one. Odie Lorcan. Uh, Timothy Thatcher, I think, was the other one. Obviously, they weren't going to win, but Pac had that big spot where he climbed all the way to the top and just did a front flip, uh, you know, landing spot. Like, they all moved out the way. He took the full thing right on his back, but still, that shows you, like, he's a daredevil. He's going to do this shit. He loves it. It's in fun for him, so... I thought it was. I thought it was great, man. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to see more wrestling matches out of McAfee, man. I did too, and I'm like, yeah, you got to deal with FanDuel, but you don't need to be fucking walking to talk. Uh, I know you like to stand up, but... Well, I mean, there's also talks about, like, how long is he actually going to be sticking with the commentary thing? Just because, like, I know with the new FanDuel contract for the Pat McAfee show, I mean, dude's going to be making fucking bank for the next three years. Easy. But there's all these other offers that are coming his way to do different things. It's like, how long is he actually going to be? But... Dude, once they put him on the commentary desk at SmackDown, it was like a breath of fresh air. Oh my god, and it really was, yeah. Just the fact that you get that fan perspective at the color commentary desk, mm-hmm. and the fact that he legit loves being surprised by stuff. Just oh, his yeah. reactions to things are fucking money. Like, granted, it's maybe not as uh, entertaining now as it was when they first started doing but dude when Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura first started coming out to the ring and fucking Rick Boogs is wailing on the guitar that dude jumps up on top of the freaking commentary desk and is literally like shoving his nuts in Michael Cole's face as he's air uh, guitar dude I was laughing like, my ass off when they did at the Rumble because uh, Nakamura had been out for like two months or whatever it was so it was a breath of fresh air to see him standing on top of the table and he would do like the two water bottles like Stone Cold hit it, yeah. it just, he's riling up the audience behind the camera just going ape sh- like crazy man he's fucking a personality I love him yeah also Actually, like, we've come to the end of, like, the list of, like, the, the footballers that we had and also wrestlers that, you know, played a little football. Um, there's a good chance we probably left off a few names, and this is maybe where y'all come in in the comments and, you know, you give us your feedback. Like, who are maybe some names that we didn't mention that you feel we should uh, give credence to whether they're more known for their wrestling career than a football career or vice versa if there was yeah, exactly. maybe big footballers that dabbled a little bit in wrestling you know we'd love to hear your your feedback and your comments no i i 100 agree if there's anybody we left off and i'm certain we left off a handful but either way those are the big 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 ones that i could think of and yeah, I think we touched on everybody. Like I say, it kind of sucks that we don't have Ramsey here because I know Ramsey would have literally had stats upon stats. Oh, upon I know, stats for I know. He listens to this. He's going to be arguing and uh, thinking in the back of his head about like, 
you know, stats like this dude football player, you know, he would have racked off so much, you guys, like what he knows. I'll almost feel like we need to tack uh, or tack on to the end of like this formal broadcast. I, I feel like I need him to come in and be like, here's what you fucked up, blah, 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 blah. Oh, we'll get it next week. I'm, I'm certain when he hears this, <laughs> he'll come next week with the with the shit we missed on. But uh, but yeah, that's pretty much a wrap. I mean, we got the Super Bowl this weekend. We just wanted to have a fun little podcast about uh, wrestlers who dabbled, or not dabbled, played football. Well, no, just, just keeping it on theme with the Super Bowl. And, um, I mean, we got uh, next week's topic, which, granted, we usually film this on a Monday. We didn't do it this week because um, just different yeah, things kind of came up. Also, so we're doing it all Wednesday. But, like, next week, we usually record on Monday. It's, it's Valentine's. And so that's, <laughs> that's a no for me. I'm a married man. I want to stay that way. Um, but... Some point next week, we're going to be doing the Heels Redo. Redo. So, funny story with that. First time we recorded the Heels podcast, this is going back to when we first started doing... That was doing, the first episode we ever did. Yeah, and, and basically when we did that first podcast, we did our list of, of like the top ten Heels, or like our list of like the top ten Heels of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, audio issues with that. Also, still trying to like get our footing as a podcast, trying to figure out how exactly we were gonna do the show. Didn't really pay it out. We wanted to kind of redo it now that we've been doing this podcast for a while. Kind of, we know how we wanted to go. Yeah. Recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Did a fun little game with it. Did a tournament of heels and crowned our ultimate heel. Um, we record the show. We go to edit it. Realize that the audio is crap. And we can't put it on the freaking website. Yeah, we did it through, uh, I forget though. We did it online because uh, Ramsey was at Indianapolis. I'm not blaming anybody. Just whatever happened, the first section, the first round, completely could, unlistenable. Couldn't get anything out of it. Yeah, so. so like you could only hear like the second round and then the semifinals and so on and so forth. But I mean, like, again, if you missed everything that happened in the first round, it kind of lays the groundwork for how the rest of the freaking. Yeah, me and Ramsey try to record it on our own. It just didn't work. So yeah. we're just like, screw it. We'll so, try it again. We're we're hoping the third time is going to be the charm, and that's like, look, next week's podcast, we're going to be doing our Heels Tournament. We have 32 um, names of, like, the top Heels, in our opinion, of, like, our generation, so going from, like, the 80s all the way to the present. Yeah. Um, we submitted uh, our individual lists of who we thought should be in the tournament, there were eight names that we considered like our top seeds, and they had to be in regardless. I'm going to say this is better that we do it this way. So. Yeah, we had our eight uh, eight names that were our our I guess you'd say our top eight seeds, so to speak. Yeah, because last time we did it just auto generator, so we had like literally in our first we, round we had a first round matchup that was like two number one seeds, versus Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. So you had two one seeds going at it in the first round. What the, it was like, and what I'm not blaming dead. anybody. It's just the way it worked based on the generator. So now we're like, no, we're not doing this this time. Let's let the one seeds face, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. we're gonna bracket this off properly. Like I said, we all submitted our names. There were eight names that were definitely but guaranteed we also put, in. We also put some more current names, too, to kind of spice up with the modern We did. But, but again, we, we put it in a generator as far as, like, with each of our individual lists. And then we filled out the rest of, so, 32 minus 8. 20, the other 24 names on the list, yeah. basically, it was randomized. But I think we have a healthier bracket going into this. So it should make it more compelling argument as we try to, like, whittle this down and crown our quote-unquote ultimate heel um, for our generation, so to speak. Granted, I mean, kind of like what we did with uh, with our gimmick free-for-all uh, tournament. There, there might be some surprise upsets. There might be, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be fun. Uh, There's always a trick. It, pl- it never plays out the way you think it is. I'll give you that one. Not for me anyway. So. Yeah. I know usually when we do these uh, face-offs, it's basically you and I that are going to be debating it, and then Ramsey will come in as the uh, deciding vote if we're, you know, at a deadlock. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how much of his bias uh, bleeds through in this, especially with the ECW names. But... Uh, Nah, man, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in uh, every week. We appreciate your love and support. Um, you know, follow us on our website. Uh, follow us uh, on Spotify or wherever you can get this podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing y'all again next week. Uh, Ravishing Randy, signing off. TNK. We'll uh, see you next week.